Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 168. I'm your host, Brian, making his triumphant return, Ian. <laughs> yep, I'm live from my dungeon, just broke through my straps and I'm ready to go. Nice, that's excellent. And we have, just coming in from catching a pidgey, <laughs> we have Mad Cat. Hello, hello, I have to have my birds for supper. Well, good. And you caught the pidgey, right? I caught the pidgey. Little Very booger good. got out once, but <laughs> I just smacked him back in that damn ball. <laughs> and of course, the dumbass himself. I'm here with all my rubber duckies lined up in a row. Nice. <laughs> rubber ducky, you're the one. <laughs> you make certain times so much fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking ah. about rubber duckies. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll be there will be more rubber ducky talk. It's coming. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Well, I, 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 it wasn't Thanksgiving in Canada, but here in the U.S. it was. And looking at the pictures, Ian seemed to have a lovely time with his family. Yeah, it was nice. Oh, that wasn't sarcasm? <laughs> no, no, I, I, no. I, it... <laughs> sarcasm at first. No, no, it was, it was a nice time. Good. Okay. And, did you, so, and I, did you have the boys for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh, good. And did you take your new girlfriend to Thanksgiving? Yes. She's not that new. We've been going together for over a year now. So. Over It's been over a year? Yeah. Our, our first date was um, the day before Halloween last year. You know, it's weird because I don't feel like um, I've ever gone through the phase where I felt like she was trying to steal you from me. And so, <laughs> you know, I've just kind of accepted her as there, I guess. <laughs> that is special. <laughs> yeah. I feel the love. <laughs> Oh, well, good. Well, I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I have been baking. I finally perfected some French bread. We we went through like three or four batches before Thanksgiving to make sure we had it right. <laughs> oh, you poor guy. You must have I, hated that. Well, and then I accidentally made fondue one night. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally made it, you did. Oh, oh, okay, so I was testing an, a new cheddar cheese for a cheese sauce, right? Because you, okay. you've, you've got to test these things, people. You can't just do them on the night and expect things to turn out. Okay. That is very true. So we got this new cheddar, and it was an aged cheddar, and so I wanted to see, you know, what it what it was going to taste like, and so I made my cheese sauce out of it, and uh, it um it 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 was terrible on chips for one thing, but we started dipping the bread in it. Oh, it's fantastic! We put a, threw a little kirsch in there, and you, we had fondue, and so one night we had we we had uh, impromptu fondue for dinner. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it was great. I, I, now it's something that I'll, I think I'll do as a actual fondue thing because it just turned out so well. Um, I, I, you know, it's, so I use um, NPR had a um, a podcast. All right, yeah. Well, I listened to it as her podcast. It was the ultimate nacho cheese, and so I uh-huh. take that ultimate nacho cheese recipe and I just adapt it. And I, you can make some really fun cheese sauces using that recipe. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sounds good. Yeah, and then uh, the French bread we finally got right, and I made Dutch crust bread. And then the next day, on Friday, I decided, you know, let's make cinnamon rolls. I haven't made cinnamon rolls, so I made cinnamon rolls. And, oh, it's just been a great... I've been, been in the kitchen all week. Not barefoot, <laughs> though. Not barefoot. But what about nah, being pregnant? Nah. Uh, no. I, it's, you know, the test came back negative. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. Thank goodness that would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we've had and we had we had a, some friends over Thanksgiving, and so this is you know, um, you know the you first, have friends down there. I do. I well, to be fair, he moved from Colorado. 
Oh, <laughs> see, <laughs> my company relocated him too, and so he didn't know anybody. And so we, you know, we I invited him over because I like to cook and I like to cook Thanksgiving meal. And this is the first year in years that I haven't been home to do it. You know, my you know my family was struggling this year on if they were even going to make gravy. <laughs> so, so you, you were spoiling them is what you said or saying clearly clearly because i do i do the mate i always did the major things for thanksgiving you know i did the you know the turkey and the gravy and and some of the some of the staples you know were, were all my responsibility and so yeah without me there they 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 could cook the turkey but they weren't sure about making the gravy <laughs> because before me it was always my grandmother that made the gravy right so so nobody knows how to make gravy <laughs> Have you been teaching your daughters how to cook? Uh, I have been. In fact, so with the bread and stuff like that, I've had them in the kitchen, kneading the bread and, and learning how I learning how I do things as opposed to the way that the recipe says to do them. That's the mystery about making gravy. You just pour pour out a packet into some water. What? <laughs> well, okay, okay, but I I use a I use a uh, chestnut. You know, colored roux. I guess it's almost chestnut. It's a little darker than peanut butter. And so that's the color of my roux. And then, yeah, basically the drippings. And, you know, I mean, it's not difficult, but uh, it, people screw it up every year. People screw up gravy. Yeah, a lot of people aren't good at making it. Yeah. Or, yeah, or I've, the, been to, I've been to Thanksgiving dinners where the gravy was like really watery. Because they don't know how to thicken it properly. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Or they end up with too much water in it or, you know, whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. I have a tendency of using, you know, flour. <laughs> well, flour is I fine I, if, you make a, if you make a roux out of it. But if you make a slurry out of it, flour is a problem because it's never going to get cooked. True enough. And you're always going to have that flavor of the, uh, flour. Of the flour in <laughs> it. And that's blech, if you're not careful. Well, and you wouldn't want to use bread flour for that, I don't think. I guess maybe yeah, that might work okay. You're using the right kind of flour, you know? All purpose? All purpose. That is the right kind of flour. But I'm thinking that bread flour might not make a bad roux, as I'm thinking about. You should try it and I'm gonna, tell us how it goes. I will have to. I'm thinking that I will try that. Because I don't know why I wouldn't. It's just more It's just more gluten, you know, which is what is the, you know, part of the thickening agent anyway. So it might just be a little bit better thickener. Might use less that of it. Possible. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. So I might just have to try that. Well, enough about Thanksgiving. How was how was uh, how was Canada last Thursday? Last Thursday. Well, that was our Thanksgiving day. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> that's right. Your fake Thanksgiving down there that happens months later than it should. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that 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 Thanksgiving, the fake one. Yeah, the real one in Canada already happened. We acknowledge that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we had ours much earlier, but uh, last Thursday was okay, but uh, Friday was much better because my husband and I went out for a, uh, you know, I guess you can call it date night, uh, getting away from everyone and just going for a movie and, uh, and food, and it was pretty nice. That's awesome. Yeah, we saw Moana. Yeah, I hadn't, what is Moana about? <clears throat> Moana is about uh, this girl who... Uh, lives in this tribe, but uh, the world is being destroyed by some evil stuff. Uh, it's uh, killing off the plants and everything. So she has to go find Maui, who is a demigod, and bring him back to save the world by uh, by replanting in Mother Earth's heart, which he took in the first place. Bad boy. Oh, so, so okay. <clears throat> yeah. 
It's a Disney and movie. It, I didn't realize that. Hmm? It's a Disney movie. Yeah. Okay. It is a Disney movie, and it's extremely good. They've gotten some great people working on stuff these days, and she doesn't become an orphan. That <clears throat> That's normally a Disney thing, is uh, the character's becoming an orphan. So she didn't become an orphan, okay. which is... Which is I'm not saying no one dies, but I'm saying that she didn't become an orphan. Well, very good. Mm-hmm. And, and dumbass, do you have any confessions? I have lots of things that I could confess. <laughs> what were you getting at? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anything recent? Any cow collections anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I haven't done it in a while. I used to collect uh, cow paraphernalia just for fun. Oh, cool. <laughs> I guess that's my confession. All right. Yeah, well. That's utterly fascinating. Confession, because it he's too silly to tell his... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He does, he does this. In, sure. In, was, was that a sigh? Yes. It was, because that was a Mackish thing to do. Yes. <laughs> What's a Mackish thing? I said it was utterly fascinating. Oh, yes. And I sighed <laughs> properly. <laughs> well, unfortunately, yeah, Mac is feeling under the weather, so he's not here with us this evening. No. So, but that doesn't mean we're not going to masturbate, does it? Does it, Mad Cat? Does it? <laughs> the Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Oh, I have my husband here to help. <laughs> oh, hey, that, you know, mutual masturbation is very much acceptable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This doesn't have to be done in a closet anymore. Uh, I don't know. Some of these things you probably want to keep them out. <laughs> so, um, as our listeners know, I love the um, site crack.com. So tonight's masturbation moment comes from an article I found there. Five sex toys that are clearly designed... For sociopaths. <laughs> they do look at too. Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic. Let's go through that last one. <laughs> well, we will go through the list of all five of them. Yeah, and don't skip. Actually, go through the list. I hate it when you guys, yeah. when 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 we skip. No, let's go through it as the list is intended. Okay, the first, the first one, one. I just, I, I don't understand it, but you go ahead and describe it. Um, oh, I get it. <laughs> the, the Stay Close Blowjob Aid. Uh, basically, this is a strap that you put around your partner's head to hold her in place. So while she's going down on you, she can't back out. Okay, so why is this better than just holding her hair? That's what I, I was asking. It's a lazy way. <laughs> I, I mean, like, what, how, are, is, is this for Tyrannosauruses who arm, whose arms can't reach behind a girl's head? What's going on? <laughs> it, it's for people with sore arms. or I mean, I suppose it could be used for women ta- taking their man in, too. It seems to be for people who just are either too lazy to grab them by the ears or just to have sore arms. <laughs> yeah, it's well, I mean, like, like those... not even grab them by the ear. You, 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 can, you <clears throat> can put your hand, your hand around her head, caress the back of her head. I mean, that's not yeah. hard to do. And, and by putting your hand on the head, you can kind of feel her needs, you know, if she needs to pull back. To me, this seems like it takes some of that out. It'd be harder for you to sense that also needs to pull back a bit. It almost right. seems more like a torture device. Like, yeah, you're going to stay down there and be trapped until I say otherwise. Right. You just grab the ponytails on each side, right? And then you can bring them back kind of <laughs> like their reins. And then you can pretend like she's a pony. And <laughs> Wait, that's just me, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, maybe. 
And I mean, like, don't spend money on this yeah, thing. If, if you, you want have something a saddle, like... that means big trouble. <laughs> just, just get, like, a rope or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like... one of those things that you could probably find, you know, a, a scarf, a bed sheet, something like that to do almost the exact same thing lying around your house. Exactly. It, but, hey, <laughs> if, if there's a market for it, these guys must be making some money. Well, did, did, did is it, I mean, is it really $3? I mean, or, you know, what, what's the cost of this thing? Um, I don't think the article says the cost on this one. I don't know. Is this is... Oh. Yeah, no, the, the the three dollar was a three dollar gift card to McDonald's. Oh, okay. Yeah, just talking about joke gifts kind of uh, thing. Well, so, the, the there's a one. link to it here. There's a link to it here. Let's okay, see if it that, comes up with. That really fits. <laughs> I'm clicking on the link. Here. Okay. No, thank you. I do not want to join your email <laughs> list. Are you sure? No, the, times, I'm sure. You know, the he... close below job aid for for those of you who wanted to know sixteen dollars and twenty nine cents. $16.29 okay. to okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> now, the next, the next one, the main thing they actually criticize is the price, but the next one is the King J. Cobra Gentleman's Ring. This is a cock ring shaped like a cobra. I believe it's made of 24 karat gold, even. Um, and it's $15,000. Right. This is like something that so, you market towards Trump. Yeah, solid gold. I'm sorry, not 14 karat gold. Solid. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Gold. It's solid, so it's so That's it's gonna it be it's gonna be really, really soft then. Yeah, so you're basically putting a solid gold cobra around your cock to extra stimulate the woman, and it costs fifteen thousand dollars to do that. I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm a huge. I mean, do you, do you do you have to get it custom fitted? And I mean, like, uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I guess you have to get it custom-fitted to your erection, otherwise... Well, but if it's solid gold, it's going to be soft like lead, so you can kind of mold it, I suppose, right? I don't know. <laughs> this is not. A, this is just not a good cock ring, period. Yeah. Well, it also says that you can keep it on during the daytime and uh, walk around with it and feel <laughs> empowered. Wow, okay. A snake I don't know. Snake. How, I, I, I can't see how you, could, how you could have something. I mean, like solid it gold... I've never seen anything solid. You said it would be soft. It wouldn't be like putty, would it? No, it'd be like lead. I mean, so it'd be softer, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, so so like if it, if it fits your erection, it's not going to fit you when you're not erect. Well, yeah, so how are you going to wear this all day long? Yeah. I mean, I and if it fits you when you're not enough. erect, then you're in trouble when you get an erection. Well, I'm thinking about the woman in, looking at the head to it. It actually has the mouth open and stuff. It doesn't look like it'd go in smoothly. It well, looks but, like it. You, this isn't um, going to get inserted. I, I, oddly, I, I imagine you, you'd wear that with that facing up, and maybe that's supposed to stimulate the clitoris. Maybe. The back of the head. I'm, I'm not sure yeah, if it's long know. enough to do that, though. I don't know. I guess maybe depending on the woman. I don't know. I, I don't know. This is insane. Because it's, it can't hold its shape if it's solid gold, right? I mean, uh, how long How long can it last? I don't know. Maybe it, I don't it know. Sounds more I don't know. Like I, I don't know. It, it sounds like a torture device to me. It does. <laughs> Well, like I said, it sounds more like an ego thing. Look, I have enough money to waste on a $15,000 cock ring. Well, the the mouth of the cobra is open, too, so... I... Yeah, that's what he was talking about. Yeah, that, that looks like it, it might well, hurt if, a bit. If, if the head is on the top of the penis, then the the mouth will be facing away from the woman. So the back well, of the... that's a pretty small one, it looks like. Well, depends the... on how big that is, but it doesn't look too big to me. I don't know. Here's the thing. I, I'm all in favor of a good cock ring, but I mean, a $3 one will work just as well as this. Yeah. More this likely. Is, this is about function. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know what this <laughs> piece of trash that, is for. That's not functional. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. So next up is 
the dildo maker. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It is basically a giant pencil sharpener where supposedly you can stick anything in and turn it into a dildo. That's right. So I have a carrot. I have a dildo maker. <laughs> dildo carrot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's this joke out where uh, Santa Claus's elves are making things and he says to the one elf, Oh, great, you're doing wonderful with those uh, Gandalfs there. And turns around to the other one and says, How are you doing on your Bilbos? And his desk is not fill- full of Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about this wonderful device. <laughs> I'm not sure what else there is to say. I, I'm, I'm curious as to how well it works because um, there's certain things, you know, that might have like splinters and little stuff left. It'd have to be real smooth. That, that I, I right off the bat for a woman, I'd be quite worried about how smooth it came out of there. Um, because I, I, I know you know a lot of pencil sharpeners don't necessarily leave your pencil the smoothest. Um, Apparently, this out. is just a concept and not something you can actually buy yet. Is it okay? Well, that's a shame. <laughs> uh, we're into the but, shaming here. <laughs> yeah, there, there'd be a lot of, um, in, in my mind, um, questions about how well that'd work. Of course, for joking, they show, um, Carrot, candle, stick of butter, popsicle, <laughs> potato, hot dog. Notice how he fought to, to skip the zucchini because he doesn't eat vegetables. <laughs> Why is there a picture here of ice cubes piled on top of each other? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That, that, would, that, that would puzzle me a bit because uh, you think you'd have to make sure they were stuck together beforehand. What is yeah. that? Something looks like a feather or something. What yeah, the hell? That, yeah, uh, what, what the <laughs> feather I, dildo that? I know what that. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if this, you know, will be interesting to see if this one takes off or not. I don't know if there's quite a market for it. Okay, but this next but, one is awesome. Robert. I just want to mention something. Like last night I was at a, a party with some uh, uh, friends. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> you have a friend? I, I don't remember how it came up, but the, the, the subject came up of uh, penis breath. And then, and I started, uh, no. this just reminded me of that. I started uh, <laughs> laughing because I was thinking about those uh, Excel commercials, Accelerate Your Breath, the, the gum commercials <laughs> that they have, the little food items following you around, uh, you know, like the little coffee cup and the little onion, they're following you around because they're on your breath. But just, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, the, that would work well in an Excel commercial there, a little <laughs> penis following you around. I'm thinking that's a Canada thing. I haven't seen that um, commercial down here. Uh, we don't have Excel down here. You have here. Excel gum? You don't Not have Excel gum? Oh, Excel gum? So. No. Excel gum? No. 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 Oh, wow. Boy, we're it's deprived. Okay. We're, de- we're really <laughs> deprived down here. That's so, almost as bad as the double mint commercials. Ah, <laughs> uh, so the next one, yeah. Um, the title is Sex Ducks. Uh, basically, um, these are duck-shaped vibrators. They, they look like rubber duckies. But they vibrate. Right. Those have been around for a while, but yep, those ones are special. <laughs> yeah, but this this actually sounds like it, that, like it would that, be cool. That, that was one interesting version, yeah. interesting episode of Sesame Street. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you guys watch the commercial for this thing or or whatever this 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 is down here? The I rub, I rub my, my um, I rub my ducky review. Did you guys watch this? No, no I, I didn't like watch it. Review? Yeah. How long is it? Uh, it's it's too long to watch for the podcast, but yeah, it's um it's 
it's it's um well you have to watch it. it it's not fantastic but it's just disturbing enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll watch it after the podcast i like i like we've got the look at this you can get the s&m ones those are fantastic and we've got a we got a pirate they're all yep, there's, there's all pirate sorts. just yeah. for just for dumbass there <laughs> my friend ira would so love that one I don't think this is a terrible sex toy at all. I, I think this is great. Put me on the psychopath list. I need one of these. You've been on that list for a while, Brian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I have friends. Can't you tell? <laughs> so the last one's the one that truly, beyond belief, oh my God, is this disturbing. Vajinkle. Vajinkle, that is so great. <laughs> sex toy body parts. The initial sound doesn't sound too bad. I mean, if you have a foot fetish, you get a rubber foot. Okay. Except for the fact that somehow they decided to, it's a cutoff foot that on the top has a vagina in it. So you could actually apparently be having sex with the foot. Yeah, You know what would be more fun? You know, have, have, have a dildo on the end of it instead. And, you know, <laughs> you're waiting for your guy to come in, stick it up there. And, and, and he comes in and you're just like, oh, the la- I told the last guy to go in deep. He took me too seriously. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and they um, end this by showing a Japanese sex toy that is a, um, just the head, but at the bottom of the neck is a vagina. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, but I, does this um, come with the strap to put behind the head? <laughs> I was just about to ask that. <laughs> Great minds think alike there. That's awesome. For the decapitation in you. Yeah, for for the really, really out there fetishes. (laughs) Yeah. And that is our masturbation for today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. I feel better. (laughs) You guys want to talk about our bigot of the week? Our jackass oh, of the week. We've been talking about penises. So yeah, let's... exactly. So, well, here's the thing. It's like, so I looked hard for the, for this one because I wanted it to be non-Trump related. Which is hard these days. It's very difficult. So this is Wellington Boone. Gays are really eunuchs who have been tricked by the devil. So what this guy is saying is that all these people that all these, uh, all these gays and lesbians are really eunuchs. And what they, in, in, instead of, you know, trying to, you know, to share their love with other people, they need to be sharing their love of God. And basically that they're supposed to be these ambassadors for God is apparently the idea. So they've all been tricked. And, uh, I, I, this idea that they're all eunuchs. And so I had to, I'm like, I, I'm like, and he's using biblical references throughout this thing. Um, but the Bible, Never compares they they the Bible never um, uses the words homosexuality and eunuch um, uh, interchangeably. Never. No, it doesn't. Uh, and so it's just it's just not it's just insulting, is what it is. It uh, is. And because and the eunuchs in the Bible, I mean, there there are, I think that I think there's like three different kinds of eunuchs in the Bible. There are people who are just sterile. There were the people who opted not to have children, and they compared those people to eunuchs, and then people who were actually castrated. And so those are the, and, and that's the kind of eunuch that I typically think of is is somebody who's been castrated. But apparently that that um, apparently they had other other people they, that they classified as eunuchs. So if you were sterile, they they call it, they would 
consider you a eunuch. And if you decided never to have children or <clears throat> couldn't have, uh, or if you just weren't interested just, in sex, oh, and then you would be con- you would go you would be in that eunuch category. Wow, biblically. That's interesting. Uh, well, it did, uh, that part of it was interesting, but the way that this guy is using it is just insulting. He's just being a dick. And here's the thing: is that he might not be. I'm being, not sure he's even making sense. Uh, he, he isn't making sense. He's he's just he's uh, he's just adding to the word eunuch. Essentially, he's just conflating them and and, and making an assertion, and then well, trying to use the Bible to to back it up. But it but it doesn't back it up. Eunuchs are, if if you look at a lot of that, quite often they're kind of considered less than people, um, and I, I, that's probably what he was trying for. Well, the idea, you know, especially like the castrated eunuchs. Um, I, I believe so. My understanding is that it was often done so they could serve as a slave position and not have um lust and stuff like that going on. Here it says th- this is this is what he says. He says, "Look up the word eunuch in the Bible," which I did. He says. You'll see that you sold yourself for humanity's pleasure when you should make when when you were made to please God. And once again, what does that mean? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't even don't, understand what that means. Is I, he using grammar properly? I I don't know. Um, well, is he saying eunuchs were meant are, are supposed to serve man pleasures when they're supposed to serve God? Is that what he's saying? That's what he's saying. He's like saying he was saying eunuchs are supposed to be good, but the, these are eunuchs who have been tricked. He's into saying. He's saying you and instead of he's saying uh, he's saying you instead of you and another guy pleasuring each other and being happy and having a wonderful loving relationship, you should be you know pleasing God instead. Well, they um, they had a tendency. Of, I, I I still don't understand how he's putting eunuchs into that, but whatever. Yeah. I, well, no, I'm not saying it makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he see he's he 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 goes back and he references eunuchs in the Bible, and then he's conflating homosexuals and eunuchs. And 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 then and then he's looking at what the eunuchs were doing in the Bible and expecting that all homosexuals do the same. Maybe it's a consideration of uh, such things like uh, uh, nuns and nuns and whatever who uh, decide not to have children because they they oh, are Kathy. there for God. Well, it, then he compares all of the you know the the Catholic the Vatican. He considers them a eunuch nation, and what are they doing? They're, you know, they're serving God. By not having children. By not so having children. So he's saying eunuchs are a good thing. Yeah, he's not saying eunuchs are a bad thing. He's just saying that the that these gays and lesbians are eunuchs and that they and that they are just not realizing their true purpose. So they're, uh, yeah, that's what I thought he was saying, that they're eunuchs who've been led astray. But part of his quote seems to say, he seems to be saying that eunuchs are supposed to be bad things. But maybe that's just the, wording it wrong. The big problem here is that homosexuals are not eunuchs by by any definition of the word no right quite often they actually have kids quite often they actually have kids exactly so not necessarily by the normal yeah so but so his conflation doesn't work at all on any level it's just bigotry at at its finest oh and the other thing he he probably doesn't think it's bigotry and the well no he doesn't and the other thing that never think they're bigots the other thing that he doesn't like is he doesn't like the lb lbgt he doesn't say all that, just the gays and lesbian movement. He doesn't like them comparing their their struggle. He doesn't like the he doesn't like the when they compare their struggle to the um uh blacks to the black struggle, right? To to for for getting equality. But the fact of the matter is is that it's all ultimately about equality. You know, I mean that's the 
the blacks wanted to be treated the same. And now women wanted to be treated the same women. Exactly. The suffrage movement. So once again, it's, it is comparable, but he doesn't like that because that's not, because these people are eunuchs and they should just be praising God for what they've got. Oh, that's a lot of belief when it's a religious deal in the first place. Everything has to be praising God. Well, it's also easy to say when when you're not a member of one of those communities, right? It's so easy to condemn them. Oh, yeah. Very true. And that's part of the problem, especially right now with Trump getting elected and all the backlash against them. A bunch of the Trump supporters are busy like, oh, why are they making such a big deal? It's like, okay, you guys don't understand what they fought for and what they might be losing. You You can't compare yourself to them. And think you know what's going on with them because you've not had to go through that. Well, and that you know that that's true on a lot of levels. But I, I can't say that I understand that the really understand what the blacks went through. I don't really no, understand I, what women went through. I don't really understand what you know what the what the gays and lesbians are going through. But th- that doesn't mean I can't sympathize. Right, and that also doesn't mean you can't understand they're going through something. Right, exactly. You can't blow it off and say, oh, I don't know what you're going through because I'm not going through it myself. But obviously you're making a big deal about it because it's bull. No, well, you know that – no, they're, they're, they're probably going through something pretty intense. And while you can't understand exactly what they're going through, you can say, yes, it's obvious you're going through something. You have you know reasons to um, be fighting for what you want. And what makes you a bigot is not acknowledging it. <coughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So that was my pick for Jackass of the Week, unless you got something better. We'll let you have it. Thank you. Oh, okay. So this next one is funny. This one's from the Raw story, so we all know. <laughs> but I, I watched the video on this. So, pro-Trump church goes berserk speaking in tongues after defeat of Jezebel, Hillary Clinton. And this guy is walking around the stage, praising God, speaking in tongues, which is what makes this thing so fucking funny. So, um, who is it? This is Pastor John <coughs> Kilpatrick. Well, that sounds like an immigrant's name. Ah, uh, praising Donald Trump. And so it's just, well, so this is a ch- um, an evangelical church in Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just funny, you know, but I mean, this, this idea that, that God has now saved America. God is now coming back to the U.S. Now that Trump has been elected president, a man who, in my opinion, his Christianity is questionable at best. Yeah. But, he says he's a Christian, so I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and accept him as such. Yeah, I'll accept him as a Christian. And here here's a guy who is morally ambiguous that we can point out on multiple counts. We also know that here this is a man who thinks that if you're not rich, you're lesser than. Mm-hmm. And they're praising him like he's the next coming. God has saved America because because Hillary Clinton is not president. She's not going to be president. It's just so. So we. I just don't understand how, if if God waited till this moment to do it, why he was so fucking impotent in the past. So the, he's just now stepping in, <laughs> right? What the fuck? What is what is up with their fucking God that that he 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 let things go to hell in a handbasket for them, and now he stepped in. Well, he does that in the Bible too. Well, I know he. Well, because he just likes to fuck with things. I think in the Bible, it's you know he just likes to stir the pot, and so in, in maybe God did do this to us. Who knows? I, I know. mean, it's <clears throat> no like you said, he does like to stir the pot. What did he do to <laughs> uh, the poor guy saying, "Hey, you know, I want you to sacrifice your son." Oh, by the way, <laughs> I was just joking. 
<laughs> <laughs> well, we've still got oh god, what uh, what's the guy's name from the seven hundred clubs? John uh, or, or uh, Robert? Yeah, um, he's still on. Oh what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about people who voted for uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, I think they're going to get earthquakes or something like that. What did he well, say? Pat Robinson. Pat that? Robertson. Yeah. I mean, he's still I mean, and he's if you voted for Hillary Clinton, you're, you're still you're still in trouble. That's probably enough to send you to the hell is just vote for Hillary Clinton, I think. But the thing is, what is this about really? Is it is it even about the transgressions that they think she has done? Or is it that <clears throat> like. Dumbass likes to say about it being a feminist thing that they just don't well, want a female. Yeah. The majority of the transgressions she's done, if she's guilty of them, t- Trump is as guilty of almost exact same stuff. Well, but here's well, the I thing. mean, uh, uh, she there's been a lot of stuff against Hillary. I don't know whether it uh, a lot of it might not be feminist, but I think a lot of the hatred towards her is really, really over the top. Well, we've been well, trained to. We've been trained to hate her since um, her husband was president. I remember back when her yeah. husband was president, um, jokes about how um, bossy she was and stuff like that. Wow, I, I completely missed all of those when he, she was. Uh, no, I, I remember them. Um, my scoutmaster actually had one. That he, um, but there was a lot of jokes about, about Hillary during, um, even before the scandal. You know, wow. the I, stuff. Even before that, they were already dogging on Hillary. So we've been kind of trained. Nobody I knew ever really talked about Hillary Clinton. I don't get that. Well, well you, yeah, in the you US, were in Canada, though. Yeah. I, I, down here in the States, honestly, there was a. Um, we were. Well, you know, already it was trained. on Canadian television, too, the whole uh, Monica Lewinsky thing. We, yeah. uh, right. We were watching that but, as no, well. Like I said, before Monica, we here in the States were being uh, trained not to like Hillary. She, we really she, were. She got a lot of shit. Um, as soon as Bill got out of the White House. She started running for Senate, and 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 since that that moment, there's been a lot of anti-Hillary stuff. Yeah, and, and they've also had the last eight years. They, I, I think the um, Republicans knew she'd be the, the um, running and most likely the candidate. Yeah, and if you look at it, she couldn't win at all over these last eight years. Everything she's done was so scrutinized, so right. attacked. But here's the thing: is that she did win by two million yeah. votes, but oh, yeah. because of our electoral system she's not our president well they're also going through the uh recount I, and everything too I, yeah uh, I, I just Jill don't Stein get the backlash about her like wh- why so many people are so up in arms about hillary clinton i mean like yeah. people people rant on and on about her emails and that's just like a non-issue well they've never they've never found anything there they, so they've said that she shouldn't have done it and that it was and but they haven't found anything to prosecute on, which means that she never, there was never anything classified in there. If there had and been, you have to if realize, the, both with the email yeah. scandal and the Benghazi scandal, it was her opponents who were basically judging her, who were right. going after her. They had the upper hand completely, but they couldn't prove anything. But somehow she's able to um, have power over them. It's like, no, no, if your enemies have the upper hand and they still lose, mm. that pretty much says that they were screwed to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's what gets to me, how, oh, she's, she schemed her way out of it. Like, are you not paying attention to who it was that was basically judging all of this and they couldn't find enough? No, <laughs> you have nothing. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and here's the thing is that while nothing sticks to Donald Trump, he's, I mean, somebody called him Teflon Don and it really does. I mean, it really does seem to be true. I mean, you, you can, you can go on for pages of stuff and you can also look at both of them and see which one who lies more. Yeah. Donald Trump <clears throat> lies 
clear. I mean, sixty percent of what he says is an outright lie. I think it was 70, only sixty. Well, I, I don't 70. know that that the, uh, it could be. It, you know, it depends on who's fact checking him and, yeah. and on what at the time, right? <clears throat> and Hillary is somewhere around, you know, seventeen to twenty percent. But yeah, Hillary's a basic politician, right? And all of those lies are are couched, and they're all gray, and they're very difficult. Yeah. I there there was a fact checker. I think he was from the um the Chicago Tribune, and he in what he said was that. Trump isn't any fun as far as fact checking goes. He, um, he says his he says fact checking Hillary Clinton is like playing chess with a master, who's uh, you know and fact checking like, Donald Trump is like. It? Well, let me finish. Okay. <laughs> fact checking Donald Trump is like playing chess with some or playing checkers with somebody who's not very good. <laughs> yeah, because Trump apparently recently claimed that he had something to do with keeping a car plant from going to Mexico. Um, when there, not, not even a single word of that was true, but he tr- tweeted it and took credit for something that wasn't about to happen. He had no influence over whatsoever, but you know he's claiming credit for something that was that wasn't even an issue, even slightly. Even when he's sent an awful lot of his co- his companies and stuff off to Iran. Yeah. Oh, that's the. Well, I, I don't know whether that's right or not. That's Iran? what I heard. Well, but I, I actually um, had one guy complain, saying he's voting for Trump because he's st- tired of all the jobs going to Mexico. My reply was, "You are aware it's people like Trump who are sending all the jobs to Mexico, right?" Exactly. <laughs> they say no. It's Hillary. It's it's not. not well, no. But, no, no, no. It is Hillary, and it. But it's but Hillary has has enacted laws that a lot of it that have allowed it to happen and made the incentives good, right? She has voted for some of these things, but Donald Trump has actually done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He sent so, his companies there. Yeah, so, and other places as yeah. well. I don't know. I think it's time for something a little lighter. Let's go okay. back to Cracked, shall we? Well, that's uh, it. My husband just pointed out he's... Sorry. No, go ahead. Finish. My husband just said that uh, apparently Donald Trump is opening six, six or eight companies in uh saudi arabia oh yeah we, we, oh. Can, we, we could talk all night about right now how questionable donald trump's interest around the world are for him being president there's so much going on that is like this guy how how can we trust him because he he doesn't understand that he needs to separate his business from um the politics oh no it, it, it's scary we, we yeah <laughs> that, that's the He's whole uh, yeah all right so <laughs> Five famous unsolved mysteries solved with basic science. Cracked has yes. done a, a, a series of articles like these. You can actually find quite a few of them. Um, where basically, like, no, the mystery's been solved. But due to um, people needing to keep the conspiracies alive, they won't admit to it. So this, this, is, this is the essence of what skeptics should be. And that's one of the reasons I love Cracked is they have articles like this. Um, you know, so the first one is the bloop. Basically, they had set up in 1997, um, there were two separate microphones placed 3,000 miles apart over the Pacific Ocean, and they caught a sound referred to as the bloop. Um, it got quickly reported as, um, as, oh my god, what is this? What is this? we got to figure out what the sound is. It's a mysterious okay. sound. Mysterious sound. <laughs> ah! And basically, all it is is um, glacier ice falling into the ocean. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and that's been proven. They, they showed it. Yes, this is ice cracking and falling into the water. That's it. But uh, it, 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 apparently it's still alive today as a mysterious sound that we need to investigate because it's aliens, it's sea monsters. Oh, my God, what could it be? It's like, no, it's ice falling into water. You, you know, 
it's not that mysterious. But well, and here's the thing: is that the the the, the scientists were fairly sure of what it was because it sounded like the same sound as when you drop a drinking or uh, a piece of ice into a drinking glass. Right. <laughs> so they they there it is. <laughs> and the scientists never claimed it was mysterious. Yeah, that's true. They never did. Um, it was um, news media picking it up and cl- uh, you know getting just the basic. Oh, there's this weird sound. Oh, it's a mysterious sound. No, no, it's just kind of a weird sound. We we think we know what it is. Oh, it's a, a mysterious weird sound. We will have to you know tell everyone that strange things are happening. So yeah, it's it's one of those things that got overdone by the uh, media. But I think most of these are that, exactly that. Number four is one I think everyone had heard. I know I I remember hearing about it. The disappearance of the bees. Yeah. So in recent years there was um. A lot of bees have been dying. And yes. um, the reasoning, oh my God, it's um, some sort of sign. The world's going to fall apart. It's blah, blah, blah. It's ah. cell phone towers. <laughs> yeah. But it turned out to be something simple. Pesticides. Basically, um, we started using a pesticide with um, called neonicotinoids. We... Okay, there we go. Neonicotinoids. Neonicotinoid. Sorry. Neonicotinoid. Um. We're using a pesticide, and we're confused that it's working. Yeah, that, that's basically what it is. It I mean, is. I, I'm. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to look uh, look this up. But I I had uh, heard that uh, this wasn't conclusively the only. Uh, like people were saying pesticides from the start. I mean, I think that uh, people have said that this is a factor, but not uh, the complete explanation of colony collapse disorder. But I'm not sure. But well, but the article talks about how basically. Since they've um, f- put restrictions on this stuff, the bees have started to recover just fine. So, you know, the, the bees are coming back. They're becoming healthy again. The, the, um, this part finishes up. It just means there are only 20 billion new bees born every day now instead of 25 billions that you can expect. That's right. Billions with a B. And that's, you know, so the, the population of bees are down a bit, but it's not a major panic thing. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that this article is completely right, but uh, I do uh, I do agree with it because I've been saying that to people on Facebook or whatever who post these memes about bees dying off, and I'm like, no, they're not dying off. Colony yeah, collapse disorder just causes some extra hassle on you know bee farmers. Yeah. It would probably be uh, um, behoove us to read this late article that they're that they're sourcing for this. Oh, why would we do that? What actually <laughs> study? <laughs> It's giving us homework, cuz. Anyway, <laughs> we but we can come back to I it. I resent that, but, too. <laughs> but, yeah, then we might come back to the, the, the B subject in all of itself. Our, our readers, feel free to look at the links here on Crack, check out for yourself, and learn actual facts without having us tell you. We're, we're all for that. Learn. Yes. Tell us if we're wrong. Okay, the next one I remember Even better, right. <laughs> the next one I remember hearing about, Alien Lights on Ceres. Now, Ceres is a dwarf planet between Mars and Jupiter. Um, we had uh, NASA was able to send a probe and get some really cool pictures. Um, but there was this one crater that was really bright. And um, in the enhanced pictures that NASA put out, um, it was glowing. Wait, wait. So, wait. In the photoshopped pictures, it was glowing. Is that what you're telling yes, me? Yes. In the Photoshop enhanced pictures NASA did to emphasize the area and make, make you know, to show um, where the lights were, it was glowing. <laughs> Once more, en- enhanced photoshopped pictures. So NASA was lying to us. Not necessarily. They, they, they've released pictures like this in the past to highlight areas because sometimes you just look at it, it um, the highlights don't come out in normal pictures. You have to sometimes go in and do stuff to some pictures to help us 
see in better. In the article here, it says yes. it looks like it's glowing because it reflects the sun sun's light much better better than the dark ground around it. Well, well that, it it, yeah. it it does glow, but not as much as the pictures showed. The the pictures that got released and were the ones that everyone was like, "Oh my god, so something going on here." Um, were enhanced. So the, you're going to tell me this I, isn't aliens? No, nah, it it doesn't look like aliens. It looks like just a big pile of salt. Yes, uh, could salt. it be salt aliens? Could it be salt alien? <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the reason why this was actually excited for um, scientists is if there was that kind of salt deposit, that would likelihood be amazing. There was an ocean. Yeah, there, there was a high likelihood there was an ocean there. And yeah, you know, wow, that is awesome. But yeah, salt. If you look at salt, it's crystalline. It reflects light and stuff, so you get a reflection. And then, like I said, NASA enhanced those pictures to make sure people could see where this was coming from as they released them. So the enhanced pictures that show these brill, brilliant lights coming out, no, 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 that's enhanced. Um, so it, it's a real cool discovery, but it's not in any um, proof of aliens or something weird going on with the planet. Okay, next, we have bleeding religious statues. Oh, good. Um, We've got answers. Cool. <laughs> so, yes, the miracles of the statues bleeding from their eyes and everything else. Blood? Yes, I'm doing quote marks. I love doing quote marks on our podcast. Everyone can see me doing them, right? Right? So, the blood um, is actually, um, you'll find it in your own bathroom, most likely. It is just bacteria. Builds up and will flow out times. You probably have cleaned your bathtub quite a few times, and in the um, primarily in the tile of the grout, you clean this exact same bacteria. It is fairly common. It just especially in the buildup you get on these statues. Apparently, it will look like blood. Right. So it's building up in the in the crevices, and then probably humidity and rain makes yeah. it kind of leak out. But here, well, here's another one that probably it, this comes from a Scientific America article. So and I think uh, most of the the. When, when they have, like, the Statues of Mary, like, crying or whatever. I think most of that is just uh, faked. Yeah, a lot of them. Because I was trying to think, um, who... Man, I was trying to think of the investigator who had debunked a lot of that. Um, because, yeah, so, okay, so, yes, it can happen naturally, but a lot of times it's fake. Yeah, well, uh, that w- doesn't surprise me at all that that would happen. But the, the, the ones that na- naturally occur have been shown to be this bacteria build up. Like I said, once more, it happens in your house. I don't think it's a miracle. It's normally kind of frustrating and annoying. But if you want to call it a miracle, come to my house, worship my miracle, and take it with you. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm scrolling through Not the me. Scientific American uh, article on this, and they're taking a long time to get to the point. Yeah. Ben Radford is, I think, the guy who debunked some of that. I don't remember for sure, but I thought he did. And I thought he also debunked this next one, too. And the final one here is the Marfa Light. Now, I know I've seen some stuff on this. I've, obviously, I've never been there, although Brian can go. He's uh, in Texas now. I don't know where Marfa is. I should look. So uh, there's a town in Texas called Marfa, which um, for a while now has been known to have these mysterious lights floating around the mountain. Mysterious, mysterious lights. Oh, my God. What could they be? What could they be? Well, basically. Where's the airport? They, uh, close. It, it's actually just cars on the highway. Now, the reason they get mysterious <laughs> is a natural occurring thing. We that um we've known about for quite some time. We call them mirages. Now mirages are not um like how the cartoons have them, where you hallucinate, you know, a whole oasis and go in and can you know swim around and stuff. And um, what mirages are is basically a play on lo- of um the the atmosphere. I'm, I'm probably going to be horrible in describing this. Somehow the way the um the heat cr- creates the um a disc 
All right, you have water in the atmosphere. The heat's causing it to go up and stuff, and it causes kind of an odd lens. You know, we know how camera lenses can distort things, alter stuff, and we know how prisms can move lights and stuff. It's a lot of that kind of same principle. Basically, you have a natural occurring kind of odd lens and prisms being made through the heat and the water vapor and stuff. And so the light of the headlights, which are on the highway, look like they're elsewhere. They're be basically, the, the lights is being bent and turned and reflected in odd ways. So that looks like these floating lights are nowhere near the highway, but instead are floating over the mountains. Yeah, and you can figure that out by just like having somebody drive down the highway and then have them turn off their headlights, you know, over the radio. Yeah. And you see, oh, the light disappeared there. I said, once more, it, it's a phenomenon we've known about for, you know, forever now. Mirages. We know that. <laughs> they happen. We've understood the science of that. But for some reason, you know, in this case, no one thought, oh, yeah, we're, we're exactly the kind of conditions that create those. But that can't be it. But so. So, so Marfa is in West Texas. It's eight hours away from me. <laughs> it's not. I, I, <laughs> I'd be better off spending my time going to New Orleans. <laughs> so you can just walk there. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let me get some walking directions. Uh, I can walk there in 183 hours, it says. See? No big deal. You got the time. <laughs> but, so no, if you look but at most, take these, away him, uh, you know, cooking and giving us more cooking advice. <laughs> I have more but, cooking advice too. I promise you. Good. <laughs> but you look at most of these. What it is is people jumping to conclusions and deciding it has to be the supernatural, it has to be the unexplained, and not taking to something like, okay, we know we know certain things about science. We know certain things about how the world works. Let's look at that first. And, and, I hear people say that skeptics are not open-minded. I'm very open-minded, but I'd rather know the facts first. I'd rather look at it from a rational point of view and say, okay, what makes the most sense before I jump to something that doesn't make any sense at all? One of the big differences is that when people first see this, they, they come up with an answer and, and they will go and tell everybody about it. Where somebody who's who's going to think about it a little bit more rationally is going to first say, I don't know what that is. And then they're right. going to say, how do I figure out what that is? Yeah, and, and that's the way you should approach all these things. Sure, but this, it takes effort. I mean, even even yeah. skeptics get lazy. <laughs> yeah, <know>? I mean, <laughs> it, it it takes a lot of effort to continually <sighs> to do that stuff, and, and and we all find ourselves being lazy about certain things. Maybe not about this, but it it takes it takes a lot of effort, and and sometimes we just don't have the effort. <laughs> You know, there's some things that you that you just gotta let go. The lights and everything is really cool, but if I saw those lights, I, I mean, I wouldn't think immediately that they're aliens, right? I would, you know, it's like, well, what what could cause them? Some sort of reflection, you know? But you know, it, it sounds much better to say that they're alien lights. It sounds more interesting, and yeah. you get on news yeah. that way. It isn't more interesting though. The mirage is actually way more interesting. How it actually happens is far more mm -hmm. fascinating than you know than than some mis mystery that I can't even you know begin to. Um, document right but some people yeah. just think it's um it's easier to explain things away like that because you can't right deny uh that well you can deny but i don't know. go ahead and <laughs> they often do deny right <laughs> uh hey we had a super moon not too long ago <clears throat> yes we did and we have some lovely pictures here yeah actually i put in the wrong i put in the same link twice for that uh yeah here the I just changed it to the original link that Madcat sent me. So okay. Oh, so Madcat, you put these in for Madcat? Yeah. Yes, she, was, did, she wasn't able to edit the document. Working. Oh, we need to fix that. Okay. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll look at that. Uh, but yeah, we've been having super moons, and we had the biggest in nearly seventy years. Yeah. So. 
Let's see. Well, I, I actually put in a Wikipedia article that tells us what a supermoon is and when the last one was. Yeah. So basically, so the sun go, or the moon goes around, the earth goes, the sun goes around the earth, right? Yeah, yes. Okay. The sun goes around the okay. earth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the, moon, the moon goes around the earth in an ellipse. And so at, at times it's going to be closer than other times. And so we happen to have a, have a period where it was extremely close to us. At its closest point and a full moon at the same time. And the last time this happened, it said it was, uh, was it 1940? Was it 1952? Which one was the last brightest one? Uh, oh, it was four, it was 1948. And the next time it'll happen is 2034. Yeah. Oh, wait. The next closest supermoon in a century will occur in 2052. And that, okay. Anyway, yeah. So I find that quite interesting because, well, my husband was going to was going to be an astronomer, ah. and he he gets into this stuff and tells me all about it, and it's one of the scientific things I really enjoy. Yeah, this one was cool because I just us, like saying the word syzygy. Sy- oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, keep that on your calendar. Yeah, so we so I can use it for some. For us to see this, we had to actually we had to walk out of the house when we were in the middle of the street. So so the, the street has trees all the way down, and then and then you see this big moon, and so it was kind of a mm-hmm. cool picture. Yeah, we went outside for a few and took a good look at it from you know just on our porch. It was quite nice. Wish we had a good telescope though. Not that we'd need it. Yeah, for that you did need it. The moon is mooning us. Yeah. <laughs> big time. So you put in a link there. What is a supermoon? I, I think I can answer that. Um, it's kind of like uh, like the Care Bear stare, right? Like the, the Care Bear used to, uh, they would stick their bellies out and yeah. then like little rays come out of that. Supermoon is kind of like that, right? Yeah, that's. I think that's exactly what it is. I think that's even verbatim what the Wikipedia article says. Yep. Uh, well. So yeah, it's just basically a full a full moon at its closest re- in its ellipse. All right. Very amazing. Well, I put I I put you know it you know with Trump being our president and. With being a holiday season and everybody's going to be dealing with their families, alcohol is necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this first one, well, this first one, it sounds absolutely. Uh, oh no, the first one I put in here is the pong one. Yes, your your beer pong cup is teeming with bacteria. Gee, how does that I mean, happen? Yeah. So I'm going to take I'm, my sweaty. So you, some 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 guys hand you take a is, ping ball in some guys' rubby paws and, and they're <laughs> throwing it at these things all. Of, no kidding. Right, yeah. So I'm gonna, I know. yeah. That's exactly that's exactly it. I'm gonna take my sweaty ass hands, and I'm gonna that I haven't washed since I got to the party, and I'm gonna take <laughs> a ping pong ball, and I'm gonna bounce it on the table and try and land it in your cup, and then when I do, you're gonna drink from that cup. Mm-hmm. What could go wrong? Um, this I guess Gerber actually funded this study. And uh, ultimately, they they did find that yes, that 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 was the the main um, worry of bacteria, as you know, from person to person. Um, and yeah, you got to do it with stronger alcohol so that it'll disinfect. Right, exactly, yeah, because they're only using beer, which is only going to be five, you know, five to six percent alcohol on average. So really, probably you want to put you know uh, moonshine you did say in Gerber, those cups. Right? What's that? You did say Gerber, like Gerber children's food. Yeah, I think so. I think that they that they actually funded the study. 
Okay. Um, because they're mentioned in here, and and actually, what they they noted at the bottom that none of this would pass a peer review. <laughs> they were they were very <laughs> clear that well, this is this you know it's, it's from Popular Science, and and they did you know look for the bacteria and everything, but they but it was not controlled enough to be considered a scientific study. So it was definitely just done out of curiosity. Um, they 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 only found one bacteria that concerned them that could have come from fecal matter. Um. But they didn't think that it would survive passing through the um, the gut acids, and I don't I don't remember which one that is. Um, Staphylococcus. No, it was no. Is that was that on here? No, I. Anyway, just guessing. Ultimately, the the suggestion was oh, it was uh oh, I can't say it. Firmicutus. Anyway, um, that was the only one that that they were that worried them. The rest of them, I mean. And, the, you know, they, they swabbed the floor and everything like that. And the, the biggest issue was, you know, the ball. And they say, and they said, you know, you can probably do this pretty safely just by washing your hands before you play. <laughs> that was, that, that, that's the bottom line is that before you play. Except for like, it's going to be like falling all over the ground and stuff when you miss. Well, they weren't too worried about the, the floor bacterias. Well, just keep some moonshine handy. Right. Just I think, make sure you rinse your hands and ball the ball off with moonshine regularly. Listen, if you do this with a strong moonshine, the game's not going to last very long anyway. <laughs> You'll be out. <laughs> hey, you know, something interesting I found out uh, yesterday. Um, uh, I've got blue eyes, and I, a friend told me a fact that uh, people with blue eyes are more resistant to alcohol. They're more, they have a, high, a higher tolerance of alcohol. Is that, that's true? I don't believe yeah, that. And I've, I've noticed that myself. It, t- it takes a lot more to get me drunk. It's true unless you're a redhead. Yeah, but you're related to me because. Yeah. Uh, how much of that, how much of that is biology and how much of it is your blue eyes? See, well, my, my blue eyes is biology. Well, okay, but what I guess, what is what is your biological tolerance to alcohol versus what the blue eyes do for you? So now we need to do a study with you and the rest of your family, and we need to get you and your brown eye, your brown eyed <laughs> family, and then we need to see how quickly we can get each one of you drunk. Yeah, I have blue eyes, and I know right well, now I, it's really easy to get me drunk, but that's because uh, my tolerance is rolled down because right. I very rarely drink. I, I I have brown eyes, and I will promise you that I can out drink Ian. <laughs> Uh, well, of course, there would be other factors. <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up, but there's probably a study that shows, on average, people with blue eyes uh, have Just a, a little bit Jammers, holler. doesn't she have brown eyes? I don't think she drinks. She does. Oh, well, she's got two little ones, so. <laughs> well, they can participate, can't they? What's that? Can't they participate in the drinking? <laughs> uh, their own kind of drinking. I think orange juice will do for them. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I want... I, I, I'm... Uh, I've never heard that before, uh, but uh, I want you to justify it. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can look up the study that that came from. Okay. Yeah. Be and perfect then, for next podcast. And then the next one that I put in here. Um, so every year, um, what um, this is, what brewery is this? Goose Island, which is a good brewery. In fact, they make one of the few IPAs I will actually drink. Um, they put out every year, and I need to see if I can find this too. A dark bourbon country stout, and so they they so this comes out once a year, and apparently last year they ended up with some bacteria in the batch, um, which made the which made the flavors inconsistent, um, and so they had some trouble. So this year they they were using a special pasteurization, so much like with milk, they're they're using a um a, they're using flash tem- uh, pasteurization. So the idea is that it's going to kill off 
um, any sort of uh, bacteria, but not damage the the flavor of the beer. So, and I like these uh, these bourbon um, these bourbon stouts and bourbon porters. I think they're awesome. So I have to go looking for that. So but yeah, so it was in here because of the the the, uh, the pasteurization that you know that they're that they're using because of um, some inconsistencies in the batch life. And they said that this year's batch didn't taste any different from previous year's batches; that they couldn't tell any difference. So they were pretty happy about that. So who they asked themselves? Well, they have. I mean, each, each <laughs> they brewery, have special tests. They, they have, they, yeah, they have, they have tasters, and so yeah, super tasters probably. I would assume super taste buds. Yeah, I mean, super tasters are important to uh, food production. I know that, like uh, Jolly Rancher, they they talked about their food. You know, they they had tasters that they used. You know, for every batch, every time they made a new batch of flavoring, you know, they had to bring the tasters in to make sure that it tasted the same as the last batch. Mm-hmm. So that you know, the, for quality control. Yeah, so flash pasteurization in beer, which I so I, there's I, a job to look for. I, I guess. I mean, being the tasters, the job to look for, right? <laughs> you got to be good though. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah, and I and, and yeah. it would probably help if you had blue eyes because you'll need the tolerance too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what else we got in here? What's the sure. um? So, uh, UC Berkeley scientists developed foolproof method for increasing intimacy. Wait, can you stop? I'm going to stop you about beer. Can I stop you here for a second? Okay. This didn't come from cracked, so I'm confused. I find news stories <laughs> at other places. <laughs> okay, never mind. All right. So, so this is so, another article about beer? Um, uh, no, no uh, beer, well. not from Cracked. Going a bit off to... Um, <laughs> Some other land? Wow. Yep. So th- I, isn't, is, isn't, beer, isn't beer the foolproof method for increasing intimacy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for short, short term, maybe. But I think this the idea here is long term. Oh, Whatever. So, <laughs> so anyways, the, the, the article basically gives apparently a list of 36 questions that were developed that if people want to um, become more intimate with someone are, are how, you know, you're supposed to um, do it. You basically sit down, ask each other these questions. Um, how many questions in- are there? 36. 36. Okay. And but basically you read through it and it's basically just get to know each other. That's what most of it is. You know, the, the first one, given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want as a dinner guest? Uh, uh, most of the questions are at that level, you know, to get an idea of what you're like. And it makes sense. I, I mean, there's a certain logic. If you want to get to know someone, be more intimate with them, learn who they are. Okay. And but that's the me, essence of these questions. Let me ask you this, though. So okay. how are these questions chosen? How, how, did, they, how did they develop that, these questions? I don't. No, I don't think there was one disappointing thing about the article in and of itself. It doesn't go. It just gives the questions. Okay. And um, the, it doesn't give the actual um, methodology. Yeah. Behind it. And the other thing I would want to know is it is it these 36 questions or is it just the idea of asking of having something it, to work from? And it could it be any 36 questions? Could that, they that be was random? my thought uh, when I read it, is reading through the questions, there, there's a logic to them. It's like these questions already get to know each other. W- um, I don't think necessarily it would need to be these 36 from my point of view, but just the idea of you want to get intimate with them, talk, sit down and talk and ask a series of questions. Find out about them. I, I, to me, that's the essence of it. There is a link to the article... Uh, the, the actual um, study called The Experimental Generation of Interpersonal Closeness, a Procedure and Some Preliminary Findings. And wow. did you peruse that at all? <laughs> no, I've I opened it up now. Is it behind a paywall or can you get to the whole study? You can get to the whole study. 
Oh, that's cool. Uh, nice. Uh, I'll read highlights. They actually have highlighted stuff. Okay, good. Uh, one key pattern associated with the development of a close social relationship among peers is sustained, escalating, reciprocal <laughs> uh, self-disclosure, which is the essence. So no yeah. lying. Right. right. That would be. Well, because here. Yeah, I don't think it's just about no lying. I think it's about being uh, like really open and willing to talk about certain things rather than clamming up and right. having walls. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, the the first question here, I mean, uh, given a choice of anyone in the world, who would you want to, ha- uh, who would you want to have as a dinner guest? And and when I, I, when I tell you Satan, I mean, that does tell you something about me. I agree. <laughs> but how deep does it really get? Okay, so here is a... Is that anyone what, in the world? A Satan's in the world somewhere, right? <laughs> well, supposedly he's everywhere. Okay, so I here's, thought you had to jump through a big cliff to do it. <laughs> Fine. Once more, going off highlighted stuff in the actual thing, um, here's what they actually did. Subjects were given one of two types of tasks. The closest condition tasks were based on procedure developed in our preliminary resource research. These tasks called for self-disclosure or other intimacy-associated behaviors. The intensity of these tasks gradually increased both within sets and over the three sets. We used three sets of slips so that even pairs that went very slowly through the task would at least some fairly intense set three tasks. The small talk conditions task involved minimal disclosure or focus on partner or relationship. The full set of tasks for each condition is given in the appendix. So basically, it sounds like what they did is they had people that um, were given more, in- you know, more intense stuff to talk about and others that were just told to do small talk. And so that, so that was, so that's their control. So their control. I mean, what's their control here? It sounds like just people having um, the group that just sat and did small talk. And they didn't have multiple lists of questions to see which questions might be better than others? Uh, it doesn't say that. You know, once more, this, this is a 15-page um, study. So How many people were in the study? <laughs> uh, I swear this is an episode of Friends. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, I'm being literal. <laughs> Once more, I'm going to say, any of our um, listeners that are interested, read this study. It's 15 pages. Okay. I want you to read it to me. I'll wait. (laughs) (laughs) We'll really get to know each other by the time you're done reading this to me. Read it it in a sexy voice. (laughs) Yeah, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Baby. Real slow. (laughs) Let's see. What's the other highlighted stuff? They have a highlighted thing every few pages. A so. practical methodology is presented for no, creating no, 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 closeness. No, no, no. Not good? No? No, not good. You have to start trying to sound like uh, Darth Vader, the guy who okay. played Darth Vader. <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell you. Darth Jones? A practical, oh, oh, yeah. a, a practical methodology is presented for creating <laughs> closeness. <laughs> okay, you're not getting there. <laughs> I don't think I can. I, listen, I don't think you can either. Listen, I sound like a chipmunk on steroids most of the time. I don't know how I'm ever going to get to sexy. <laughs> okay. Did I say steroids? I meant helium. I meant helium. No steroids. Helium. But yeah, so if you, if you want more on how they got the whole thing, read the 15 pages. I, I, I skimmed through it, but bleh, it's 15 pages. And here's the thing, is that Ian's not going to read through it, so it's important that somebody else does. (laughs) Uh, Hey, there's highlights. It's highlighted. (laughs) And actually, in the study itself, it has um, more than just 
the 36 questions they showed there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it has set one. <clears throat> I noticed that. And then it basically it, it divides them up into one set, two set, three um, for the, the initial ones. Then it goes into task flips for small talk conditions of study, set one, two, and three. Okay. So it looks like what they did was they had the two sets, the, the small talk and the um, actual specific questions to ask. See, because here's the thing is that the, the, the first, the small talk questions are great for people that you don't know. But these, some of these getting towards the bottom of it where it starts talking about partners and stuff like that, you're not going to sit down with somebody in like a speed dating scenario and start pulling out, you know, these questions. Yeah. Well, especially in the speed dating, you don't want to ask about the person's partner. <laughs> right. But it sounds like actually, um, you, if you want to do speed dating right, you might skim through these and find a handful of them that would actually be good ones to bring up in speed I, dating. Yeah, I think so. I think that you start in section one, though. Yeah. I think when it says your partner, you're probably supposed to ask about the other person. Well, that's what I'm thinking. And it's so it's not like I'm talking to you telling you about my wife, right? Yeah, because if you were going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what you would would be important for him or her to know. Right. So the situations where you would pull out sets one, two, and three are different. Um, I would think so. I I don't know, dumbass. How much do you want to know about my wife? I want to know everything. Yeah, I I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> <laughs> dumb question. Dumb question. <laughs> T- tell me about her in a in a slow, sexy voice. I, I can't. I we already tried. <laughs> but, but of course it sounds like I'm not, I'm not asking you to tell me about her as James Earl Jones oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 last, the last highlighted piece in this study says we believe that the best way for you to get close to your partner is for you to share with them and for them to share with you which is a very rational really? conclusion I would think but they got to do a whole study and um, look all professional in order to come to that conclusion alright well good for them <clears throat> Let me tell you a little bit about a friend of mine. That's not sexy at all. That's Brian. not sexy at all. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't think the sexy doesn't mean everybody doesn't think it's sexy. All right, praise Jesus. Praise my well, that, Okay, that that got me a little turned on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Clinton's popular vote leads uh, leads surpasses two million. Uh, Mad Cat, you put this in here. Ah, uh, yes, the uh, popular vote surpassing two million. You know, all it does is point to our broken electoral system. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. apparently Donald Trump tweeted that um, <clears throat> something along the lines of he l- had a landslide in both the electoral college and in the popular vote if you discount all the illegal votes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he's claiming that there were over two million votes cast <clears throat> illegally right now. Yeah, I, th- that's never happened. Never. <laughs> Oh my God! These people who are claiming you know all this, all these things. Well, I'm so tired of of people that died ten years ago still voting. Yeah, those things are anomalies in our system. <laughs> can it happen? Sure, there can be some discrepancies, but they're not the norm. I mean, voter voter fraud is like point zero four percentage. I mean, it's something ridiculously well, low. No, you have to remember, according to Trump, um, the system is rigged, and somehow he won. So I'm guessing the system was rigged in his favor this time around. So we um we definitely need to be doing the recounts because it sounds you know according to Trump and his supporters it's a rigged system. Well, so here's we the thing: can't trust the result. He's benefiting from another bullshit college. Yeah. <laughs> Always benefits on the way of getting around. Yeah. Things. I don't know. We I mean, here's the thing: we, 
Well, at this point, we have to accept it, and we have to um, gear up for what we have to do while he's in office. What can we do? You know, we need to be contacting our senators. We need to. I mean, we have to actively make sure that they don't roll back a bunch of change. But here's the thing: they're they're not going to undo everything. Right, they, they can't yeah. all, all these all the progress that we feel like that we've made. They can't undo everything, and then they're going to do a bunch of shit that we don't like, and then maybe we'll get a president in there, and they'll try and undo some of it. But they will never be able to undo everything. You know, I mean, it just right. it doesn't work that way. Our system is too slow to to for that to happen. And I think one of the things that I was most worried about was you know um, because Trump has said that he that you know they're they're going to look at it is um, the uh, the uh, same sex marriage. Um, stuff that the but that came from the supreme court and so to 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 roll that back is is very difficult the the and roe versus wade did roll that back is going to be very difficult at this point right because they have to have a case to take to the supreme court to do it and right now they don't have that so there there are things that i think that people are worried about that we that we need to be less worried about i mean we need to look more towards like what texas is trying to do to abortion rights you know and and, into women's rights and 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 make sure that they don't that they can't move forward with making it harder to actually do what you have the right to do well, one of my concerns is he's already pretty much said he wants to do away with the EPA. Well, yeah. And let, let companies pollute as they will, which means we could um, have um, these nice thick clouds like they have in Hong Kong where you could basically eat the air. Yeah. So um, we, we one thing we could do here is start investing in um, gas masks and teach your kids how to use them properly <laughs> so when the air gets that thick, they can go out and <laughs> not suffocate. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing is that once again, I, I don't know what's going to happen to the EPA. Yeah. I don't think that he can abolish it. Maybe he can. Maybe I, maybe I understand wrong, but he can certainly do a lot of damage to, to, yeah. to the EPA. And, and it looks like he's about yeah. to do a lot of damage to our education system yeah, with his yeah. pick for that. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's putting people in, in those positions that, that, I mean, that don't believe in extremist, science. And don't, yeah. The extremist right wing people who, um, don't even know what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, most of them don't are being put into the positions of power where they can mm. control what happens right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's scary. Uh, you know, e- even a lot of the right wing are looking at these extremists saying, what the hell? No, we but, don't want But that's exactly, but that's it. But that's good. Because here's yeah. the thing is that we, we have allies over there, right? I mean, we, there are, I mean, there that don't want these things completely eroded. And I mean, his pick, his, yeah, his pick for education secretary doesn't really believe in education, you know, has never been in a public school, has never even associated with a public school. <laughs> um, and, and that's not to say that she can't do the job, but she also doesn't believe in public education. And it seems like that's what scares me. The EPA, the person from the EPA that he's putting in charge of the EPA isn't a scientist and, and is proud of that fact. <laughs> So those th- mm-hmm. those things scare me. They do. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. And and we have to uh, actively fight those things that we can, you know. But right. he is going to be our president, so we have to try and fight the stuff that he's that he's doing that it, you know does roll you know human rights backwards. So I don't know. Oh. And unfortunately, it's going to uh, affect an awful lot of people and heavily on the children with that kind of uh, yeah. That kind of stuff. That's what the lasting damage is, is with the children. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, on that sad note. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Yay. (laughs) Let's get out of here. (laughs) Say goodnight, everybody. Bye. Good night. Oh, Max's not here, so. 
That's another one in the can. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at MySpace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.